What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. This is episode 82, and this is a special uh, recap show, a review show, to cover last night's WWE Survivor Series. We've got a, a very special guest on the line, and uh, we'll introduce that guest very, very soon. But uh, as I like to do before uh, we go into that, uh, to throughout our social media plugs, you know where to find us on Twitter. First of all, you can find us on uh, twitter.com uh, forward slash uh, or at with Johnners underscore pod. We're at with Johnners underscore pod on Twitter, of course. On Instagram, go and find us with Johnners, uh, wrestling with Johnners, and uh, on Facebook, just go and search uh, for our ever fun, friendly, and interactive Facebook community group. Just search Wrestling with Johnners. And of course, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit them ever important subscribe button so you'll be notified every time a new episode drops. And you can find the Wrestling with Johnners podcast on all popular podcast platforms. So don't forget to spread the word, tell your friends, and tell your family. Please don't forget to follow all of our social media pages and subscribe to them, ever important podcasts and YouTube channels. So first of all, uh, I want to introduce our very special guest. We've uh, not had this person on the podcast before, um, but uh, um, this person is very, very active on social media and uh, has a, a couple of podcasts on the go as well. So she's a very, very busy wrestling fan and a busy podcaster. I'd like to introduce to you, uh, my listeners, the Queen of NE. So Queen, welcome to the Wrestling With Jonas podcast. How are you today on this fine day, uh, one day removed from Survivor Series? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, sir. Thank you so very much for having me on. I am wonderful. How are you? I am awesome and even better now that I'm speaking to you. So thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the podcast. Um, so you are a, a very active podcaster. Uh, you've got a very popular podcast. Uh, podcast called Queen's Court. Now, for my listeners that may not have uh, come across your podcast before, um, tell us a little bit about the Queen's Court, what sort of uh, wrestling uh, activities uh, or, or matches or promotions you talk about on the Queen's Court in case it captures uh, any of my listeners' imagination and they might want to tune into yours. Oh, well, thanks. Um, it's super fun. It's called Queen's Court. It drops every single Wednesday. Wherever podcasts are found, you can find your girl, the Queen of Any. So I'm there. Uh, Queen's Court is a really special uh, podcast. It's obviously, hello, I'm a lady. So it's female-led, which is super fun. In this wide world of wrestling podcasts, I, I find it such a, an honor and a privilege to, to have my voice be out there. And uh, we have a lot of fun on Queen's Court. We try to do something different, unique, fresh. Um, I, I try to have, you know, reviews and, of course, all those wonderful things. But I try to do something a little bit different. So I have uh, a current series going on right now called Queenie Guides, where I look at completely different and new promotions uh, to guide people towards something new. I do fun little things like the wrestling real world, like the MTV show, <laughs> uh, but with Russell Twitter. Um, so we try to do something unique, a little bit different on Queen's Court, which is super, super fun. And I'm also on DYWTSB, which drops every single Friday with Pops and Mort. Um, and that's, uh, we just go through the weekend wrestling, specifically Raw and uh, AEW Dynamite. And then we predict, you know, any pay-per-views for that weekend. And um, I also do the Queen and Pops experience, which is a watch along. So we pick a fun match from... God knows what promotion could be anything. And, uh, you know, it's like hanging out with your friends. You crack open a nice cold beer and join us to watch some wrestling, which drops every Sunday wherever podcasts are found. So that's what the Queen is up to, my friend. <laughs> awesome. It sounds fantastic. And I'll definitely be tuning in. Uh, definitely. So Aww, you've got, you've got an, another listener here. But, um, we both uh, watched and enjoyed WWE Survivor Series. But I have to ask, did you uh, catch any of the kickoff action? Did you uh, catch any of the kickoff matches, Queen? 
I surely did all two hours of that kickoff show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's, all, it's almost a, a pay-per-view uh, level a, a kind of time frame itself, mm-hmm. isn't it? Really, two hours having to uh, go through that. But there was some some highlights. So, of course, you had uh, one match that we wasn't aware of until it uh, was there in front of us uh, uh, on our TV screens. We had, a, uh, I think it was a, a, a 10-team tag team battle royal to crown the, the world cup and there was a, another trophy as if we haven't seen these uh, enough of these trophies before but uh, uh, there were many teams involved including brizango forgotten sons the oc rude and ziggler street profits imperium heavy machinery the lucha par- uh, house party and uh, the match was actually won by uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Uh, they were able to eliminate Montez Ford from the Street Profits over the top rope uh, for the win for their team to then become the, the Tag Team World Cup winners or whatever that meant. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of these kind of weird one-off, off-the-cuff uh, tournaments um, and, and trophies being handed around. But uh, then we had a, quite an entertaining triple threat match for the Cruiserweight Championship and uh, Leo Rush defended his championship against Akira Tozawa and Kalisto with uh, Leo Rush successfully managing to defend his uh, championship, defend his uh, his belt um, after pinning uh, Akira Tozawa from his, his almighty, his, his huge frog splash that he's able to deliver. And then we had a match that was originally on the, the main card um, and we only found out during the kickoff show that it was bumped to the kickoff and it was a match that both you and I were looking forward to and it was the the triple threat tag team match uh, the first of the the brand supremacy the brand, brand supremacy matches and that's easy for me to say uh pitting the, the viking raiders current raw tag team champions uh the new day smackdown tag team champions and undisputed era bobby fish and kylie riley of course nxt tag team champions so you must have been a little bit disappointed maybe as, as i was mm. and probably a lot of fans out there to find this match on the kickoff show queenie but uh, what did you think of this match overall it was, it was a, an, an entertaining match that the viking raiders uh managed to win and they pinned Kylie Riley from the Undisputed Era with their their Viking experience uh, tag team combination Uh, so a hell of a match probably deserves to be on the main card in my opinion Oh, I completely agree. I was very disappointed to see it on the kickoff show. Uh, while I can understand in some aspects why they would do it, um, you know, seeing some of the matches that happened later in the card, I was like, oh, man, you could have just plucked this one right out and put it right in there and it would have been great. But I just love tag team wrestling. And, and this is so much fun, energetic, fast paced. Uh, it never really lost uh, its momentum. Hard hitting, super fun, and I love watching undisputed tags. So <laughs> it was a good day yeah. for me. That's for and, sure. Uh, <laughs> it, it was great to see undisputed era in a in a WWE ring. I know that we're, we're used to seeing them in NXT and an NXT mm-hmm. ring, and they wrestled in front of many big crowds on takeovers. But this was something slightly different, and this is why I was probably more doubly disappointed to uh, not have Fish and O'Reilly on the main card. But still, this was close enough, and I'm sure we'll get to see the undisputed era tag team uh, on many future. WWE pay-per-views uh, hopefully in the coming future but uh, they certainly delivered here they didn't come out on the wing at winning end but uh, uh, I think they looked strong even in defeats but uh, let's have a look at the, the main card then so mm. Survivor Series itself it kicked off with the five on five on five women's Survivor Series elimination match so this was uh, a stacked uh, match with with so many uh, big names and, and amazing talent involved just to run through some of the names involved 
on Team SmackDown, of course, you had uh, Team Captain, the boss, Sasha Banks. Um, she was uh, joined by Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, Carmella and Dana Brooke. On Team Raw, we had uh, Team Captain Charlotte Flair, of course, joined by Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Natalia and Sarah Logan. And then on Team NXT, which was only announced, I think, during the kickoff show or on the kickoff show, uh, Tony Storm, uh, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, the team captain. So the rules to this one is only one member of each team was allowed in the ring at any one time and you can only tag in members of your own team unlike other kind of crazy multi-person matches where you can kind of tag in anybody uh, this one was a little bit more structured so quite an interesting dynamic to each of the teams I know we spoke uh, off air a little bit earlier on with there being kind of a, uh, a, a mixture of heels and baby faces um, in amongst these teams, uh, having to find common ground in the battle for supremacy. And this could play a big part as, as the match progresses. But uh, certainly, you know, a mixture of heels and baby faces historically uh, does not bode well and uh, doesn't <laughs> usually end well either. But what were your thoughts and expectations going into this one? I thought this was going to be great. Um, I, I had a good feeling about Team NXT she picked a very strong crew, even though she had, you know, the, the two heels she fought in war games last night, uh, she being Rhea, of course. Um, you know, I, I just, anytime you can see Io Shirai doing anything, sign me up. So I, I was excited for this match, you know, really. I, I thought it was really strong, lots of really cool things. And the only really bad, I guess, things I could say was they're very nitpicky, you know? The only thing I really didn't care for was the repeat performance of the two people being injured or slash taken out of the match thing that we saw on War Games the night before with yeah. Rhea's team. So I'm watching this and going, wait a minute, we just saw this last night, what are we doing? Like, there wasn't a heel turn, obviously, but there was, you know, oh, two of your teammates are now gone. Now what are you going to do, Rhea? And I'm like, ugh, I mean, I get it a little bit, but you just did this last night. So I didn't really care for that. But otherwise, I really enjoyed this match uh, fully. Yeah, so you set it up nicely there, Queen. And, and as you just alluded to, we had Yosha Ryan, Candice LeRae. They get, they get carried to the back or helped to the back after apparently suffering a, uh, an injury, which meant that they could no longer continue in this match. And uh, uh, then we had Nikki Cross. She was the first to be eliminated by Bianca Belair. Sarah Logan is the next to be eliminated, followed by Carmella, who's eliminated by via a natural selection from another Queen, um, a, a Queen Charlotte Flair, of course. Uh, Curry Sane is eliminated next from a meteor from Sasha. Um, Asuka eliminates Caleb, Dana Brooke from a, a big kick. Then we get some infighting as we alluded to earlier, but between team members, Charlotte and Asuka, and we all know that these two have a lot of history, and uh, they, they, uh, Asuka sprays green mist into the face of Charlotte Flair, allowing Lacey Evans to hit Charlotte with her women's right to get the pinfall on the Queen there. Um, Asuka walks to the back, appearing to abandon her team in this match, so uh, she essentially uh, eliminates herself, you could say. Lacey Evans is next to be eliminated, leaving just Sasha on Team SmackDown and Natalia on Team Raw, who both combine nicely to eliminate Tony Storm uh, with uh, Belair next to be eliminated at the hands of Sasha Banks. Uh, Ripley nearly had the match won for her team with a running dropkick. Uh, Sasha tries to put Ripley out with a triangle 
and then a sleeper hold. Uh, Sasha strikes with a double knees in the corner and a mid-tier from the turnbuckles uh, for, a, for a very close near fall. Ripley then applies her inverted cloverleaf on Sasha, uh, but Sasha manages to escape to apply her bank statement. And uh, then we see the, uh, the, 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 the two that feigned their injuries or what maybe wasn't as injured as we once feared, but Candice LeRae and Io Shirai that came racing out to the ring to make the save. And uh, I guess I didn't need to be so concerned for them after all then, Queen. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. then uh, after further <laughs> distraction from Io and Candice, including a springboard dropkick uh, from Io whilst the referee's back was turned, Ripley dropped Banks with her riptide, uh, hooking the leg and winning the match for her team, for Team NXT. So uh, back-to-back wins, back-to-back uh, fantastic mm-hmm. nights for Rhea Ripley as uh, as part of a disadvantaged team. As you said, it's kind of history repeating night on night, uh, but still managing to pull off the win for her team. And this has been a hell of a week. You could say a hell of a three days for Rhea Ripley getting a, a pinfall victory over Charlotte Flair on Friday and uh, the the win in the War Games match for her team on Saturday. And now the, the pinfall win to get the win for Team NXT, uh, for brand supremacy on Survivor Series. So a great three days for Rhea Ripley and uh, a fantastic win for NXT. Absolutely right. And congrats to her. What a couple of days and a full week, really, for Rhea. It's been awesome to see that and put a rocket on her, man. She's money all day. Oh, yeah. I think they recognize that straight mm-hmm. away. And, and these last three days have kind of shown that they, they you know, they, uh, that Ripley has their full support. So it uh, be interesting to see um, how far she goes. I reckon she'll be uh, challenging for some of the big titles fairly soon. But then we have a, a triple threat match. And this is, uh, none of the titles were on the line in any of these matches, or certainly not in this one anyway. But we had current Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura versus current United States Champion AJ Styles versus NXT North American Champion Roderick Strong. So this was a, a really fun, fast-paced, hard-hitting match, as you would expect. Um, there's so, so many close near falls Nakamura nearly has the match won from a Kinshasa on Roddy only for AJ Styles to break up the pinfall uh, we have a big face off uh, between AJ Styles and Nakamura kind of bringing back memories of their Wrestle Kingdom classic and their Wrestlemania feud from 2018 uh, this was a brilliant match and the ending didn't disappoint either with AJ. Uh, he, he dropped Nakamura with a, a phenomenal forearm only for Strong to come in and bundle AJ Styles out of the ring to cover Nakamura for the 1-2-3. And I have to say this was a, a takeover quality match on a WWE pay-per-view. More importantly, all three wrestlers were awesome in this match and a really great and somewhat surprising victory for Roddy, Roddy Strong. I don't think many people really had him penciled as the victor in this one. I think a lot of people saw AJ Styles as the possible favourite, but a great win for Roddy Strong and uh, a very popular win as well and uh, yeah but he manages to uh, put Team NXT ahead uh, three to one to one versus uh, Raw and Smackdown so uh, an excellent match and so far probably the best match of the night oh I totally agree this is a super fun fast-paced it never really stopped at all no it (laughs) it did not it did not and I was so pleased to see uh, just well first of all I love AJ Styles and he's just Well, he's phenomenal, not to use his own words, but he is. And excellent, excellent stuff. And I was pleased to see Nakamura coming out with a really strong match. It's been a while for him. uh, You know, the booking, oh, that's another whole podcast, another whole story. But 
uh, getting to see him shine like this is excellent. I'm not a huge fan of Sami Zayn, but I really liked that he used just enough of him in this match. Um, Roddy Strong, man, I, for me, I was so excited to see him completely show out here and, and just give a real taste as to what he can offer uh, on NXT, of course, and in and, and bigger pastures, you know. So it's really awesome. I love New Japan as a little side note. So just seeing these <laughs> AJ and Nakamura together and, oh, it was just, it's a wonderful life. And it was a total A from me. Yeah, it was, it was a dream match for 2019 mm-hmm. and it certainly delivered. And I think sometimes when you have these dream matches on paper, Queen, sometimes uh, y- your expectations kind of go sky high and the matches yes. don't deliver. But but this one certainly delivered. And uh, I was really pleased to see that they they, they, they had a good match. There was no shenanigans. There was no... Sami Zayn kind of did his little thing, of course, but it didn't interfere into the, in the right. match quality at all. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of this one. But another match I enjoyed the hell out of Queen and that's our Ooh. next match, which was Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole, baby. Oh, um, my God. The NXT Championship. So, I mean, as if Adam Cole didn't go through enough the night before and being <laughs> uh, being dropped off the cage by Tommaso Ciampa in the air raid, crashed through the tables. And, uh, uh, hellacious. But Adam Cole's had a, a fantastic November. I mean, he's, he's featured in a main event beating Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. He's been in a, a Raw main event against Seth Rollins. He had a fantastic ladder match against Dijakovic last week to give his uh, War Games team the advantage on Saturday. Um, his team didn't win on Saturday, but he had a tremendous match. And uh, I think even ahead of this match with Pete Dunne, he's possibly you know in the frame for being possibly wrestler of the year for 2019. A lot of people are saying Will Ospreay, um, but uh, maybe Adam Cole could be in that conversation as well. What about you? Oh, listen. First, first, can we just say, all right, <laughs> that we just had this triple threat, literally no chance to catch your breath. And now oh, we no. have Adam Cole versus Pete Dunn. Money, money, money. Adam Cole is 2019. And while Will Ospreay has had a fantastic 2019, he really has. I don't know. Adam Cole may have just eked out a little bit more. This week for him has been extra extraordinary mm. imagine being adam cole this week you must need like a four-day nap for real and <laughs> you won't get it but he needs one and uh what a br- brutal couple of days and you know that spot at, at war games oh my god how are you even fighting how are you even in this match right now and showing out adam cole has put himself on display in 2019 and that's to take nothing away from pete dunn either but adam cole specifically has completely this year knocked out all expectations and shown why he is who he is and and he's going to be a huge not only in xt but on raw or smackdown whenever he makes that lateral move now right we're not going up anymore we're going oh it's that's Which right. is fantastic, and I'm about goddamn time, in my opinion. Indeed, and I'm I'm happy that, that you've just cemented uh, what everybody is thinking. That NXT has always been the number one brand, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, yes. But now it, it can be considered just as much the main roster as uh, as Raw or SmackDown. But I mean, this match was was absolutely fantastic. I mean, Dunn goes right after uh, right to work on Adam Cole's right elbow uh, with two painful stomps, with one of them uh, on on the steel ring steps on the outside. That looks pretty painful. Cole goes straight after the injured left knee of, of Pete Dunne and that strapped up following his uh, epic three-way match from War Games the night before, of course. Dunne delivers an X-plex, X-plex 
and a German suplex before getting a two count from a sit-out powerbomb. Uh, Dunn goes for a moonsault uh, from the middle turnbuckle onto Cole on the outside, with Dunn landing hard on his injured knee, so uh, causing more pain for himself there. Cole blocks another moonsault uh, before getting a close near fall with a running knee. Dunn then, then levels Adam Cole with a massive clothesline, with Cole then getting a two count from an Ushi Guroshi. Uh, Dunn, Pete Dunn, that is, nearly gets the match uh, one with a bitter end, uh, with Cole kicking out at the very last split second. Uh, Cole super kicks done out of midair with done back flipping off the ter- uh, off the off the top turnbuckle as he tends to do, uh, but he was caught in midair with an impressive super kick from Adam Cole there. Cole then performs his uh, Panama Panama Sunrise on uh, Pete Dunn from off the turnbuckles onto the ring apron and that move looked like it hurt that was uh, pretty stiff um especially with it being on the hardest part of the ring as they like to remind us um uh, pete dunn goes for another bitter end with cole cole is able to reverse this into a poison runner before connecting with the last shot uh, to hook the leg and get the one two three in this epic epic match so match quality keeps stepping up and uh, we thought the triple threat with threat with nakamura strong and styles from before uh, was good this one i think topped it just a little bit in my books uh, another take over quality match on a WWE pay-per-view and this is what pro wrestling is all about as far as I'm concerned there was drama there was close near falls there was epic big moves there was a tremendous finish uh, the match quality just gets better and better but I love this match and uh, I think the crowd did too oh they definitely did and I know everybody I was talking to on Twitter and texting and DMs and all the stuff that I'm in we were all like oh my god what a spectacle and you're right it's exactly a takeover match that's exactly what you get at TakeOver. Oh, yeah. Something like as beautiful as this. And, you know, there's not much else I could say to what you've put out other than people always chant, this is wrestling. This is it, people. This is where the chant should apply. <laughs> oh, yeah. And how the two of them could put together such a great match, especially Adam Cole with everything he went through the night before. Mm, such a wonderful, such a beautiful match, such a great wrestling match uh, was beyond me. But they did. And that's because they're, they're two of the best. Um, and I think Pete Dunne could be up in that conversation with uh, one of the best wrestlers in the world at the moment. But uh, Adam Cole, mm-hmm. he proved once again why he's number one in many people's books. But uh, let's talk about our next match then, Queen. Daniel Bryan versus The Fiends. Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. So this had a bit of a strange build with kind of a bit of a, a psychological war, uh, mind games uh, affair, you could say, between Daniel Bryan and The Fiends, uh, with uh, The Fiends uh, attacking Daniel Bryan backstage, but Daniel Bryan kind of showing that he, he wasn't afraid of uh, The Fiends, unlike Seth Rollins, who was uh, deathly afraid. Um, but to what were your kind of thoughts and expectations going into this one between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend for the Universal Championship? My expectations were that we were going to get reminded how awesome Daniel Bryan is. And that's exactly what happened here. It's it's like a not so casual, if you will, reminder that he's Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see that. It's been a while, I feel like. I know we've seen him wrestle and stuff with his tag team partner, of course, Eric Rowan at the time. And we've seen that. But we haven't seen a, a Daniel Bryan championship match in in a minute and this was nice to see and i agree he was not afraid of the fiend he was like let's go you want to go crazy let's go crazy i know crazy let's do it you know which i thought was excellent it was the first time that that uh, obviously since the fiend has been champion and even before that people haven't just been totally like oh nope mm -mm, nope (laughs) especially seth which ugh, don't like seth but anyway this was excellent and i personally think his best match to date regardless of championship match or not um it just was an excellent back and forth 
Um, there were some great moves in there, which I'm sure you'll grace us with, yeah. uh, reminding us all. But, uh, you know, it, it was nice to see a challenger game to take on the Fiend. Though I will tell you that after a while, my eyes start to hurt with that red light, and I just well, I was going to say, well, what should you do? The, the red light—they've got to pack it in at some point, surely. It's—it's it's not uh, being received very fondly by fans, but I, I'm told that that's what gives the fiend his powers. But uh, I'd rather them just <laughs> ditch the red light and uh, just have a, a, a his match against um, uh, Finn Balor at SummerSlam. I'm sure Indeed. the red light wasn't, and that was an excellent match. But uh, yes, but but this was an excellent match as well, and I agree with your sentiments. This was probably the Fiend's best match out of his four matches so far, two of them being with uh, Seth Rollins, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the crowd were going crazy for Daniel Bryan. Mm. They honestly thought at one point that he had a chance and he, he fought back. There was lots of uh, action on the outside of the ring. The, the action continued back inside the ring. Daniel Bryan got all of our hopes up with three consecutive missile drop kicks to loud yes chance from the fans around the arena. Uh, Daniel Bryan goes to work with several stiff yes kicks of his own uh, with the Fiend appearing to almost enjoy the punishment uh, but uh, Bryan goes for a series of stomps to the face of the Fiend's then a running knee for a close near fall. The fans are willing Daniel Bryan along uh, but the Fiend gets back up to apply a mandible claw which Daniel Bryan transitions into an armbar um, over the over the top rope there so very expertly but he had to break on the five counts. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan reverses his sister Abigail into a roll up but the Fiend applies the mandible claw one more time whilst pinning Daniel Bryan's shoulders to the mat and gets the one, two, three to retain his Universal Championship. So another really fun match. It didn't go that long. It was probably uh, just the right pace, just the right amount Mm -hmm. of time as well, just the right amount of action and it, it got one of our hopes up at one or two stages during the match. We honestly thought that Daniel Bryan might overcome and uh, uh, could potentially win the match. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, the, the leader of the Firefly Funhouse, uh, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, uh, he hangs on to that title one more time. And uh, yeah, it was a good match. I think that uh, even Daniel Bryan in defeat didn't look weak in doing so. And uh, yeah, uh, enjoyed this one. And like you say, the best match of the Fiend so far. But uh, um, did you enjoy this one? Oh, 100%. Yes, I did. I really enjoyed it. I I agree with you about the pacing. It felt exactly the way it was supposed to feel. It was the right amount of time, the right amount of back and forth, and just enough of that little tiny bit of hope before it squashed, right? So that's what I like, and it's a solid wrestling match in that way. What I was wondering, though, and what came to my brain after this was over and he retains, I'm like, oh, we still have TLC. Mm. I wonder, like, do you think they're going to be able to build anybody to face him or they are they going to do this one again? That was my immediate thought right after that match. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at it, I mean, there's no obvious challenges that kind of spring right. to mind. To be honest with you, so either they go back to Seth Rollins or they do a rematch with Daniel Bryan. Well, they're on different brands now, Rollins and, and the Fiend. So it yeah. might have to be you know somebody from the blue brand. And uh, Daniel Bryan is the only one. I'd love to see a rematch uh, I would if they too. if they if they build it right. So um, yeah, interesting. And, and TLC's what uh, three weeks away. So it's, yeah, it's a barely. Quick, it's the a quick turnaround. Yeah. it's a mm-hmm. quick turnaround. So uh, we shall see. But um, uh, a very good match. And uh, I thought Daniel Bryan did himself proud. Uh, but uh, yes, going back to one of my earlier sentiments, probably the best match uh, since The Fiend, since uh, Bray Wyatt returned in May of this year. 
Yes. And then we move on to our second Survivor Series elimination match. It's the men's five on five on five, uh, representing Team Raw. You had Team Captain Seth Rollins, you had Ricochet, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and Randy Orton. Uh, representing Team SmackDown, you had Team Captain Roman Reigns uh, with uh, Chad Gable. I refuse to call him Shorty G, so he's Chad Gable for this podcast. Uh, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and Braun Strowman. And then, of course, representing Team NXT. And similar to the ladies' team, uh, we wasn't fully privy to the five members of of team NXT for the men's team uh, until the kickoff show and that would be of course team captain Tommaso Ciampa um, accompanied by Keith Lee Matt Riddle uh, the leader of Imperium the current WWE UK champion Walter and of course uh, the uh, archer of infamy Damian Priest so uh, once again uh, you know, a very strong lineup from all three teams with a, a mixture of those baby faces and the heels, that dynamic, and whether that will play a factor in this match. Um, and, uh, you know, in this match, the, the the UK champion Walter gets tagged in early on um, and he teams up with Mac, he, he teams up with McIntyre to take down Braun Strowman. So it takes two people to take down the big uh, Strowman. Um, then there's a brutal exchange of chops between McIntyre and Walter and there's uh, only ever going to be one winner uh, in an exchange like that and that was of course uh, the UK champion Walter. Uh, Walter then drop kicks Strowman off of his feet uh, into the, the corner uh, before the UK champion is, is, is pinned following a claymore kick from McIntyre to be the first eliminated. So going back to you, Queen, I mean, Walter being the first man pinned, he's not been pinned at all. He's not been uh, defeated or had his shoulders pinned to the mat for the one, two, three since he's joined WWE. In fact, he's one of these characters that even on the indie scene, he's very rarely defeated. But uh, to be the first person defeated or to be pinned in this elimination match at Survivor Series, I know the, the fans uh, booed the hell out of it and I was shocked as well. But uh, did you have any thoughts on this uh, this particular moment? Yes, I, I do. I have several thoughts, actually. The first thing is uh, this was completely illogical. This makes no sense. This is your this is your champion in NXT UK who has been unbeaten this entire year. Yeah. Why in the world would you have him be beaten the like the and and be eliminated by Drew McIntyre of all people? Why? He's got, it's not like he's the champion, right? It's not like he's the, he's the top guy. It's not like it's, you know, Roman Reigns where I could kind of see where they would do that, giving their, you know, what they'd like Roman to be at, back at the top, like Seth yeah. is. That I could forgive a little bit, like if it's closer to the end and he gets eliminated there. But I don't like him being pinned so early on, and especially by <clears throat> Jim McIntyre. And I don't mean to like, you know, be down on Drew or anything. I just think the situation in general was a big, big mistake. I feel like any aura of dominance that he's been able to build with Imperium and build for himself among the WWE fan base, I think has been totally knocked out. Um, it makes him look less credible. Um, you know, unless Drew's going to go over to the UK and fight for the UK title, I don't understand this at all. And even then I wouldn't understand it. Um, you know, this was the one thing that really made me go, man, on a night where they've really done most everything correct with NXT. This this was the big misstep, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's going to lead to something in the future where we'll see a, a McIntyre-Walter match, possibly at TLC or maybe on a takeover. Uh, but it did, like you said, it didn't quite make sense. And uh, it was a, a little bit of a, a head-scratching moment, to be honest with you. And uh, I don't think the fans appreciated in the arena. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, the match continued. Uh, Kevin Owens gets tagged in and uh, he pins Shorty G. Oh, I said I was not going to say that name. Chad Gable, of course. <laughs> the frog splash. No, he had his choice. Uh, does he frog splash Tommaso Ciampa? Um, and, of course, they were on the same team the night before um, at War Games. Or does he frog splash Chad Gable? He went for Chad Gable 
and Gable is then eliminated. Um, and then uh, Kevin Owens delivers a running cannonball to Roman Reigns on the outside and then a stunner to Champa on the outside. So uh, he's definitely shown his allegiances towards Team Raw after all. Uh, Owens is soon eliminated himself from a, a Willow's Bell from uh, Tommaso Ciampa, uh, eliminating Owens from Natch. Damien Priest is next to be eliminated thanks to an RKO from Randy Orton. And then in another shock, Matt Riddle uh, comes in to eliminate Randy Orton. Um, but uh, before Randy Orton exits, uh, he does what uh, the, the Viper does best and uh, drops Riddle with an RKO, setting up Baron Corbin to uh, cover and steal the pin on Matt Riddle. So uh, Matt Riddle didn't really have much of a moment to shine in this match, but uh, he, he can uh, kind of um, uh, celebrate the fact that he got a pin over Randy Orton, of course. Keith Lee, he stops Braun Strowman's runaway train run around the ring that he does with a, an almighty kind of uh, pounce uh, like Keith Lee does. Um, and then uh, uh, Ricochet then goes on a tear, but he's soon eliminated uh, thanks to an end of days from Corbin. There's uh, huge hometown support from Mustafa Ali, of course, being a Chicago boy. And uh, he really brings the fire with a tornado DDT to Rollins and a huge dive um, onto Champa on the outside. But uh, Ali then gets into a bit of a verbal confrontation with teammate King Corbin. Um, Ali is then eliminated thanks to a curb stomp from Seth Rollins. Champa kicks out of an inverted Alabama slam before McIntyre gets eliminated from a Roman Reigns spear. Uh, Roman Reigns uh, then uh, drops his own teammate with a a Superman punch. So he punches uh, King Corbin and uh, he gifts Tommaso Ciampa the, the pin there on King Corbin. This then leads to an alliance between Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, of course. Uh, we mentioned how they're part of the Shield, of course. And uh, uh, before they can powerbomb Champa through one of the announce desks, Keith Lee comes and saves the day with a huge pounce sending Roman Reigns flying. Champa almost pins Rollins with a Project Champa. Uh, Champa avoids a curb stomp, but after a Superman punch from Rollins, uh, from Reigns, Rollins then hits the curb stomp for the pinfall. The final three on the match are then Queen. We're down to Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns and Keith Lee with Lee fighting the former Shield members with a, a slingshot crossbody, which uh, took both members of, uh, of uh, Raw and SmackDown out in one move. Uh, Lee then keeps the fight alive, keep kicking out of uh, Seth Rollins' top rope splash before eliminating Rollins with a huge jackhammer body slam. Uh, then we have our final two. Now, the fans are really into this uh, final two. They're, they're firmly behind Keith Lee. And uh, just as Lee and, uh, you know, it's just Lee and, and Roman Reigns now. Uh, Lee kicks out of a pin after uh, uh, two Superman punches and there's another super close near fall that had the fans fooled. Uh, Keith Lee landed an almighty spirit bomb on Roman Reigns. Everybody thought that Keith Lee had the match won for Team NXT. However, the match finally comes to an end with a Roman Reigns spear and this hellacious match uh, comes to an end and uh, Keith Lee uh, was put over massively in this match. Uh, I think that uh, you'll agree with me, uh, Queen, that uh, Keith Lee was the, the, the star that got made uh, during Survivor Series and uh, he looked amazing in this match. And I think we've got a megastar on our hands and I think Vince McMahon is, is kind of drooling um, at the prospect of what he can do with uh, a big guy like Keith Lee. But give us your th- overall thoughts on this uh, really, really good Survivor Series elimination match and uh, Keith Lee and what a, an outing he put in uh, during this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the last 10 minutes of this match really stepped it up. Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, that had a lot to do with Keith Lee. And I completely uh, echo your sentiments. He's wonderful 
if they're smart, they'll book him against Roman Reigns again in the sh- in the short term. I think that's a uh, big money and will continue to be. It's it's w- worth watching their exchange in this match, the last ten minutes, just to see it, um, because it's just it's really awesome and really well done. Um, and I'm happy for Keith Lee in, in that respect. Uh, while I did, I will say, enjoy the women's more than the men's. Um, it ended much better than it started. So I will be happy for that. <laughs> yeah. And that spirit bomb that Keith Lee performed on mm. Roman Reigns and, and Roman Reigns, he, he, bou- he, yeah, ba- he bounced off the ring and, and sold it perfectly and a uh, hell of a move. And that, that kind of had us sold. We, we thought that he had the, that Keith Lee had the win off that move, but uh, Roman Reigns uh, kind of fought back and uh, performed the spear, got the win, but um, a hell of a match and a great performance from all involved, uh, but especially Keith Lee. I think he was the kind of the, the person that really shone the most, uh, especially from those that may not have been too familiar with Keith Lee before this match. Uh, but I think everybody knows a lot more about Keith Lee following Sunday's pay-per-view but uh, let's talk a little bit about our, our kind of a our semi-final match uh, the, the match for the WWE Championship now this was advertised as a no-holds-barred match uh, between current WWE Champion Brock Lesnar against Rey Mysterio so this had uh, probably one of the better builds going into it especially when you think back all them weeks ago on the very first Smackdown on uh, Fox, of course, where Dominic got uh, obliterated. I think no, I think it might have been the Raw before that, where Dominic, Rey Mysterio's son, got obliterated by uh, Brock Lesnar. And there's been a kind of an unfolding story continuing since then, um, also including uh, Cain Velasquez, who we didn't see on Sunday. I was fairly surprised not to see him um, at any point during this match. But uh, what were your thoughts and expectations towards Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio? Was this one of the matches that caught your attention heading into it? Um, no, not really, actually. I didn't want to see them fight, particularly. Like, I wasn't really invested in the build or too much in the story. Um, I will say I was very happy not to see Seth Rollins fighting Brock Lesnar for the 90th time. Yeah, so at least it was something true. different and fun. And they did have that. You know, it was a, a solid build. It just wasn't for me personally. I don't really, I'm not really a huge, huge Rey Mysterio fan as of lately. Um, back in the day, of course, huge big time fan. But right now... It's just not, it's not so much for me. And I, I'm not really sure how I feel about his son either. But I, I will say that it was enjoyable. I like when Brock works with smaller guys. I think he puts on better performances with them, as evidenced by um, like his match with Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan, for example, were just yes. really well done. And even the last match with Rollins was way better than I expected you know, it to be. And that was been pleasantly surprised you know i have i feel like we're all kind of hot and cold with brock sometimes we're like yeah and other times we're like oh but for me it's kind of nice to see him with the championship at this juncture i didn't expect ray to win uh it was nice though to see that double six one nine i enjoyed that it gave a feel-good moment of the night and it almost made you go "Ooh, maybe they will get this like dream moment where ray will be the champion and the the place where he first won it right so that was kind of cool that they gave us that little little glimmer but then you know they shut that down pretty quick (laughs) but it was nice to see that I think one thing that uh, that caught my attention before the match even started, and that was the amazing spray tan that Brock Lesnar was pulling off during this match. Oh I don't know God. if you noticed it. Normally yeah. he's quite quite pale or maybe red or flushed in the cheeks. Here it looked like uh, he'd been either on a sunbed or uh, had a bit of a spray tan, but uh, he <laughs> looked he looked good. It, 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 it made a change, but uh, this match was good and it, it um, didn't go too long. I think it only went about uh, maybe five or six minutes, to be honest with you, but it really started to pick up when... Um, Brock was obviously laying in the punishment to Rey Mysterio 
Mm. And uh, you did feel for, for Rey Mysterio. You thought it was going to be a really quick match. Then Dominic came out. It's almost as if he was going to do a pull an MJF and, and throw the towel in for his father. Um, but uh, he didn't do that. Uh, and then, and then uh, Rey Mysterio kind of uh, low-blowed Brock Lesnar. And, now, uh, and then Dominic got involved with another low blow. And then the match started to turn. And uh, remember, this is a no-holds-barred match. So Dominic being there um, is fine. There's no disqualification. Uh, there's one point where Dominic even gets up and performs a frog splash on, uh, on, on, on Brock and then both Dominic and Ray jump on Brock for the pin but uh, Brock still kicks out and then the match ended with uh, Ray coming off the top rope uh, Brock Lesnar catches him, performs the F5, plants Rey Mysterio down, hooks the leg, gets the 1-2-3, retains his championship. But I have to say this match was well booked. Uh, it didn't go too long. I thought that Dominic was fantastic in the in the spots that he performed and he performed his role very, very well. I thought uh, Ray was very good as well. But uh, more than anything, um, I've become a really big fan of Brock Lesnar more than anything for the fact that he he's one of the best sellers in 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 all of wrestling he he sells mm. so much and not not many people give him credit for that to be honest with you but um he does sell the moves he does sell the punishment he does sell the pain and he doesn't have to because he's a big gigantic muscular guy this former ufc champion and multiple time wrestling champion uh, but he does sell better than just about anybody in the business and he sold for dominic and he sold for ray here i thought it was a really good match for what it was and um yeah like i say it, it didn't go too long i think brock's better when he has these shorter matches to be honest with you when he had his short match at wrestlemania against goldberg i thought that delivered really well and you was you were spot on when you said that brock's better matches are against a small opponent against the AJ Styles and the Finn Balor's and the Daniel Bryan's and this one definitely delivered in my books but uh, did you enjoy the match? I did ultimately I did you know it's it's nice to have a good well-paced Brock Lesnar match in that way it's not too long it's not too short I normally will like it and and that's exactly what happened uh, and I forgot about that, that stupid towel oh my god you reminded me of that and I'm like what is yeah. this AEW what is exactly. going on? <laughs> I had flashbacks to, uh, to to MJF and yes. uh, the last pay-per-view. But, oh, uh, my goodness. But overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Excellent. No, it was a fun match. And then we move on to our, our main events. Now, uh, I must admit, I was a little bit surprised that this one this match went on last. Uh, but was you surprised at the, the placing of this match in the card? Was you expecting maybe one of the elimination matches to be on last? I mean, uh, this one's had a lot of coverage it's had a, a a decent build on tv um on all three brands raw smackdown and nxt but um uh was you kind of thinking well you know main event i know but becky lynch is the biggest face in the company um but uh, what were your thoughts when uh, when these three were main event in last night's pay-per-view well, I originally thought it was going to go first because mm. they put out some sort of tweet or some sort of something that said it was going to. And I was like, oh, this is a great way to start off the show. I actually thought that that would be cool. And then when they ended up being the the women's five um, elimination, I was like, all right, then maybe they're just going to put it a little bit later. I was surprised to learn that it was going to be main eventing, which then made me think, OK, well, maybe they're having the main event because something's going to happen and they don't want it to happen during the middle of the show and derail. Okay, that makes more sense. That's what I thought to myself. I'm like, all right, maybe we'll get to see somebody come back and whatever. All right, maybe mm. I can forgive. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Or fortunately, depending. <laughs> and um, I, I, I really felt for them being the last match on this card. This crowd was kind of 
done <laughs> a little bit. It was a lot of wrestling that they got to see, a lot of very high, intense, you know, big time, uh, the crowd interaction matches beforehand. And now they had this and it's like, oh, it's the last one of the night. And I'm like, oh, and I felt really, I felt badly for that part. I also was a little bit, um, I also felt badly, even for the build for this match, that Bailey was so much of an afterthought and the real heat was between Shayna and Becky, you know, and not Good taking point. anything away from Bailey because for me, in that triple threat, Bailey was the undisputed hands down workhorse of it big time, but the heat wasn't with her. And for that reason, I think the match suffered um, as a triple threat. I mean, I get it right. It's brand. Everybody has to be in it, but I just feel they, they did her Bailey a disservice in this way because the real magic was between the other two. Yeah. And it's very, very bizarre. I mean, straight from the ring bell, the the, the amount of uh, there was just a, a, a complete lack of interest from the fans. They were mm-hmm. definitely quiet. And I don't know if it was because they just weren't into the match or maybe, you know, the the, the, the uh, Becky Lynch uh, fire is, is kind of. Uh, gone out slowly since she won the championship with it with she's her reign has not been as special as many people might say it uh, right. could have been um you know and, and bailey her heel turn is it really clicking with a lot of people shana being new to a lot of the casual audience that might have been watching in the arena but uh, you're quite right i mean we've had a knockout night a fantastic match uh a, a matches that we've seen prior to this one of course we had the uh the, the fantastic uh, uh triple threat match we had adam cole versus pete dunn we had that fantastic uh, men's elimination match um and uh off the back of Rey Mysterio Brock Lesnar. So we had all these fantastic matches leading into this match. So maybe the crowd were just a little bit exhausted, to be honest with you. You know, that's what I thought. I was like, maybe they're just, they're gassed. I don't know. But I I think too, for me, I I know that Becky's the face and she's got a lot of uh, mic talent. She's got that great, you know, this is the the hottest the man has been really since Mania. I feel like I kind of dropped off a little bit and people were kind of souring on her for a little while. And then she kind of got kicked right back in gear with this Shayna feud thing. And and I thought, ah, there she is. She's been missing, right? And she's back a a little stronger than before. And uh, I just think something wasn't connecting with the audience slash I think they were gassed. I really do. Mm, well, the end of this match um, was 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 a, a good outcome in the end, especially if you're an NXT fan, if you're a fan of Shayna. Mm-hmm. Uh, she applied a Carafuda clutch on, on Bailey, but Bailey was able to fight her way out of it. Um, and then she attempted a, a flying elbow, um, and uh, but she misses the elbow, allowing Shayna to slap on the Carafuda clutch for the second time. This time uh, for, for the win, she gets to tap out victory. And uh, Shayna Baszler uh, but puts Team NXT up. Uh, I think they win four, uh, four wins to two to one and uh, team raw only had one victory and i think that was on one of the matches uh, on the kickoff that would have been the the, the viking raiders war raiders whatever we call them and uh, that was on the kickoff so a complete reversal mm. to last year's survivor series where team raw had a, a whitewash of victories over team smackdown I think it was like six to nothing or seven to nothing uh, on last year's uh, survivor series but this time round. NXT came out victorious, a really good win for Shayna, main event in her first WWE pay-per-view. The crowd were, you know, did, they did warm into the match, they did get, did get into the match mm-hmm. as the match progressed, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, but it, it's kind of the, what happened after the match that's quite interesting as well. So you've got Shayna celebrating on one of the announce tables, and then uh, Becky comes along, I think she uh, shoves or, or maybe spears her 
onto another table and then performs a leg drop, smashing Shayna through the table. Almost kind of sour grapes here for Becky, kind of a bit of a, a sore loser. Um, I didn't really enjoy uh, kind of... Mm. The, I, I thought that Shayna should have had her moment, should have had her time to shine, should have had her time to celebrate. And uh, that would have been a good closing shot of having Shayna with her championship as the show went off air. But uh, what were your thoughts on kind of Becky's actions here? And do you kind of understand why she might have done that? Is this a planting seeds for a possible heel turn or uh, why do you think this why do you think this happened i think they did it to show the quote-unquote unfinished business between them two right mm. because whatever um <laughs> i don't think it's necessary i think becky could come out on monday night raw and say yeah well now what now it's just gonna be you and me now what are we gonna do you know and and then she has that oomph to put that in there i just um I just didn't like it. I thought it was in poor taste and unnecessary. If NXT won the night, then they need to win the night. And you don't need to get your last word in. Um, I think that just didn't need to be there. Because ultimately, it's the story of NXT at this this pay-per-view. And I really think that uh, Baszler, Keith Lee, Roddy, and Rhea, and Adam Cole proved why NXT is, is the best of the three. And they needed to let that go. They needed to let that be the end of the story. Um, But, of course, you know, they got to get that one little jab in because Monday Night Raw is coming and supposedly we'll get some things between them in the future. Well, I reckon so as well. But uh, one person that we was uh, expecting to possibly show up during this this match, especially mm. when we realised it was going on last, was you know, a lot of us were kind of uh, had our thoughts towards Ronda Rousey and whether this would be uh, the, the the moment when she would reappear uh, and uh, come back to either uh, reignite her feud with uh, with Becky Lynch or, or possibly something with Shayna. Who knows? Like say. WrestleMania season is only around the corner. We're hoping to see Ronda before then. Um, but uh, were you hoping or expecting to see Ronda during this pay-per-view? I thought it was going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would happen now. Um, or, you know, rumble time seems accurate for yeah. her to return. They're planting a lot of seeds of doubt with Ronda. And there's a lot of things going around the dirt sheets. And because of Total Divas about her you know, maybe she's done with WWE. Maybe it just, she did her thing and that's it. She was saying that she was going to try to start her family. She was doing some movies. That's how she broke or severed her finger or whatever the heck she did to herself. And, mm. you know, so they're kind of giving us this, uh, the the planting of the, hmm, maybe she won't come back. Maybe she won't. Maybe she won't. And then you get something like this and you're like, oh, but what if she does, right? Because they're main eventing. And it's, I can't imagine it going all the way. And it's almost 1030, but they're not done yet. So, hmm, maybe something will happen in the last five minutes. And it just didn't happen. It just didn't. Um, so I know I know a lot of people kind of are 50-50 on Rhonda. You know, some people really enjoy her and other people would like her to stay away. So, well, for the people who didn't like her, uh, they were very happy last night. <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, I, I think my overall thoughts on Survivor Series, it was a tremendous pay-per-view. I, thought, I personally think it was... Uh, possibly the best pay-per-view of the year we've had some good ones i thought royal rumble was good um but uh, th- th- i think thanks to uh the inclusion of nxt and some of the wonderful wrestlers and action that we saw um, in-, in many of the uh, brand supremacy matches you could say um i thought that this this definitely delivered as far as i'm concerned a little bit disappointed with the main event i found that the main event was the weakest match on the card um but everything before that was absolutely fantastic and don't get me wrong i thought the main event there was nothing uh, massively wrong with the main event. There wasn't any uh, incredible botches or there was no sloppiness from any of the wrestlers. 
I just don't, I think the fans were um, a bit bored by the match or maybe a little bit burnt out from all the fantastic action previous to the main event. Uh, and maybe, as we alluded to, maybe Becky is not quite as hot as she once was, maybe going back 12 months ago. Um, but uh, really pleased for Shayna. But overall, I thought that the, the pay-per-view was a massive success and you had uh, Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole, match of the night for me. Uh, what would you say was your, your match of the night then, Queen? Well, we agree. We agree. That there was my go. match of the night as well. Uh, and at that, my friend, is undisputed. <laughs> oh, yeah. And speaking of undisputed, I thought uh, uh, Styles, Nakamura and Roddy Strong was an excellent mm. match, really excellent match and a fantastic uh, outcome and a really popular winner in Roderick Strong. I, I loved the two uh, five on five on five elimination matches. I thought the women really delivered to kick things off. I thought the men's match was excellent. Uh, loved the Brock versus Ray match and uh, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. We spoke about that. I thought that delivered it as well so uh, really really good show uh, definitely a thumbs up from me what's, what's going to be your kind of uh, lasting memories of uh, this year's Survivor Series any kind of overriding memories that's going to make you think fondly of this uh, this pay-per-view we experienced last night NXT has cemented themselves as the third brand on par like I mentioned earlier it's a lateral move it's not a upward move anymore to leave NXT or to go down to NXT. It is across the way. And I'm finally, uh, finally so, so glad to see this validation on, on, in such a big way. NXT has been my favorite of the three for a very long time. And it's really, really fun to see this uh, come out. So that'll be my lasting takeaways from the Survivor Series 2019. Yeah, it's almost as if uh, you had a two-day takeover, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. it, it really was absolutely fantastic. And uh, hopefully we'll see uh, some NXT involvement, some NXT wrestlers and NXT matches on future WWE pay-per-views because I, th- I found that it really did add to the, the action. It really did add to the, the quality of the card overall. And I think that now that Vince and the higher-ups have seen what a fantastic impact um, NXT has had on Survivor Series in particular. I wouldn't be surprised if we do see some more NXT matches on future pay-per-views. I certainly hope so. I hope it's not just a one-year uh, a deal. I hope they just don't kind of hold it all for Survivor Series. I wouldn't mind if they did, but I'd like to see more NXT matches in the future. Possibly uh, a championship match on uh, WrestleMania would be good, uh, but yeah, that's maybe that's... just a bit of a pipe dream on my behalf. But uh, that, would, <laughs> that would be very good. That would be very good. Uh, but Queen, we're nearly done. Uh, before we say goodbye to you and uh, thank you for all your help today, do you have any any plugs, any social media pages, any uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram handles you want to throw out there so that my listeners of the Wrestling With Jonas podcast can uh, get in touch with you, uh, say hi, uh, find out more about your podcast and find out more about yourself? Oh, certainly. Well, firstly, thank you so very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat Survivor oh, yeah. Series with you. So thank you. Thank you. Um, you guys can find me at the Queen of NE on Twitter. Come say hi. I'm always doing something. So I will absolutely say hello back. Um, I mentioned earlier, my podcast is called Queen's Court. Drops every single Wednesday, uh, wherever podcasts are found. I'm on DYWTSB every Friday and Sunday. And I was remiss in the beginning because I forgot to put it in. So many things to discuss, but I am a, a part-time uh, guest co-host with Anthony from Smart to Death podcast. So if you know Smart to Death and you know Anthony, uh, you can find me there a couple times. We like to hang out with our pal JPQ. 
And uh, that's what's going on for me. And again, thank you so much. No, you're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And we'd love to have you back on for a future episode sometime in the future. But uh, uh, thank you so much for helping us to review Survivor Series from last night. So uh, there we go. We're we're back to our usual schedule from next weekend where we cover our our weekly dose of NXT and AEW Dynamite, plus all the the top talking points from uh, the world of professional wrestling. including a recap from the first ever Steve Austin Broken Skull Sessions, which uh, dropped last night after uh, Survivor Series, of course, with uh, The Undertaker being Steve's first ever guest on the Broken Skull Sessions. And uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I will do before our next episode of Wrestling with Jonas, and I will uh, uh, give you my thoughts on that when we drop our next episode on Saturday and uh, every Saturday. Uh, In the meantime, please keep it tuned to the Wrestling with Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and AEW updates, including WWE and AEW pay-per-view reviews and uh, special um, wrestler interviews and uh, we, we've got quite a few uh, interviews that you can catch out there including our interview with uh, Gary Michael Capetta former WCW ring announcer Jimmy Corderas, former WWE uh, referee, of course, and so many more. But uh, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please don't forget to spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family, and don't forget to subscribe to the Wrestling With Jonas podcast. And uh, yeah, you'll be uh, notified every time a new episode drops. But uh, in the meantime, thank you very much for listening from myself and from the Queen. Have yourself a good evening, have yourself a great week, and we'll catch up with all of you again very soon. Mm-hmm.